you can turn with me uh, to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 21. It'll come up on the screen here in a moment. Uh, Matthew chapter 21. You can click that forward, Billy, if you want. That's still a, a trick for me to do. <laughs> Hold the microphone and turn the scriptures. Okay, we're going to pick up here. This is the triumphal entry. Uh, boys and girls, this is what I just talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, and this is what the Bible says. Now, when they drew near, now the they is Jesus and his disciples. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and Jesus sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Sorry about that. <clears throat> wow. Uh, crazy times. Sorry. Well, today I'm going to start uh, a bit of a new series and uh, it's going to be dealing with uh, this whole situation that we're in. I've called it uh, Seeing Jesus in the Pandemic. Uh, some of you may have already downloaded the uh, uh, piece that I circulated earlier in this week on COVID-19 and sustaining through this uh, season of trauma. If you haven't, I would strongly encourage you uh, to listen to that uh, because it gives you a lot of insights uh, about what we need to do in getting ready for the long haul through this thing. Because no matter what happens at this stage, this is not going to be over quickly. It's not going to be over quickly. And we as Christians need to know what we need to be doing. You know, this is not the time for us to retreat and fall back this is a time in which we are going to advance and move forward in the kingdom of God. Now, we can do that in part by some of the, the things we actually do outside the home, but much of what we're going to be doing will be inside our homes, 
but we can still effect the course of the nation from our homes, and we need to understand how to do that, and we need to know what it means to be prepared for what is happening, and we also need to have some discernment about what Jesus is doing in the midst of all of this. Uh, I think all these things are very important, and so there's, there's quite a number of things I think the Lord is going to have me address uh, in the coming weeks. I don't know how long this will go. Uh, I, I, if the pandemic goes on for a very long time, the ser- series may not go the whole time, but I want to focus on a few things that the, I feel like the Lord has been revealing to me uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then again, I encourage you to be free to pass this on and share it uh, with family and friends and, and other ones uh, as well. You know, I really think right now it's time for us to stop watching the news about COVID-19. It's time for us to just take a step back from all the, the newscasts and all the forecasts and everything that everyone is saying because we can get really fixated on that. And if we get fixated on that too much, then it will start to cause anxiety and fear within us. And it's time for us to rise up in faith, not step back in anxiety and fear as Christians. I also have another encouragement here, I think that is very important, uh, and that is we need to take note of Christian leaders who are spreading false information are giving prophecies in this hour that turn out to be untrue. Uh, One of the things that we're going to see from this is that the Lord is giving us an opportunity to see uh, some things that are not healthy and not right in the body of Christ. Uh, And even in the last two days, in the last two days, I I, I got uh, a, a talk, somebody shared a talk with me from a Christian leader who is saying that, There's no such thing as COVID-19. It's all the 5G uh, cell uh, mobile towers that have been built, that that's what's causing all the sickness. It's not a pandemic at all. And I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, okay, no, that's not right. And and many others have confirmed that that's not accurate. Um, Just today I heard of another leader, thankfully not in this country, uh, a leader of a major church in the United States that completely defied the government's instruction, not advice, instruction to not gather in groups of more than 10 in order to slow the the virus and still had meetings in his church. And finally, he was arrested and jailed. Uh, And he had been saying that, you know, the uh, COVID-19 thing is not real or he's been spreading some false information about that. Uh, Another, another, I've just read the sad story of another Christian leader who was saying that it's not real Uh, It's a made-up story who actually died of COVID-19. And so we really need to be paying attention right now to Christian leaders. And you're going to see some some really big-name leaders who make seriously big issues and you need big mistakes here. And you need to take note of that uh, because God is showing us something in that. Uh, And I might do a whole other talk on that. But because there's so much bad information out there, I just wanted to encourage you. Now, in all of this, we can really ask ourselves a question. It's a typical thing. Whenever there's a tragedy of any kind in our world, uh, people ask themselves, okay, where is Jesus in all of this? Where is Jesus uh, in the pandemic? Where is Jesus? If God is so good, 
you know, why, is there, why are there things like pandemics that happen in the world, uh, and so on and so forth. And we need to be able to tell people very clearly, God did not send this pandemic. It's not from God. God didn't create it. God didn't send it to smite uh, the nations. God didn't send it uh, because he was angry. Uh, this is not from the Lord. Now, there will come a day when God will do some things according to the scriptures, but this is not that day, and we need to encourage people. We also need to stop blaming Satan for this pandemic. Satan did not send this pandemic either. Uh, we run a real danger of giving Satan a lot more credit than he is actually due if we say, oh, this is from the devil. Now, he's using it. Don't get me wrong. He's using it. He's manipulating fear. He's manipulating anxiety. Uh, he's causing more sickness. You know, certainly he's using it for his advantage, but it's not his creation. We need to understand the pandemic is the result of human sin, uh, and it's a sign of our iniquity and brokenness. It's a result of human sin, a sign of our iniquity and brokenness. Uh, as I've said before, uh, humans knew what to do so this virus would not have occurred in the first place, and they refused to take action and do what they knew that they should do. Uh, so it's come out of human sinfulness, but that still takes us back to the question, where is Jesus in this pandemic? And I would like to suggest that Jesus has come into our world and has come into our situation in power. Jesus is here with us right now as we're going through the pandemic. Jesus is walking with us. Jesus is still in charge of our world. Jesus is still the Lord. He's come into this situation. And I think in, in a sense, he's come into our situation much in the same way that he's come in to, that he came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. I, I see some parallels between the way Jesus came into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday and the way Jesus has come into our coronavirus pandemic world right now. And I, so I want to suggest some of these ways that Jesus comes. Oh, sorry, garbling a bit. Uh, anyway, so I'd like to suggest some of the ways that Jesus comes into our situation, into our city, into your family, into our world right now. First, we see on that Palm Sunday, Jesus comes as king. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the creator of the universe. Jesus is not challenged by this situation. Jesus has come into our situation, not as somebody who's worried about it, not as somebody who's threatened about it, Jesus has come into this situation as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the people on that Palm Sunday were actually acknowledging Jesus' kingship in that moment. So Jesus comes as King. Second thing I notice here is that Jesus came into Jerusalem and his coming required surrender and sacrifice. 
I think it's one of the funniest stories to me in all of Scripture where Jesus comes in, he sends, sends, sends two of his disciples and says, hey guys, go ahead and you're going to find a donkey and a colt, uh, untie them, and if somebody says, hey, what are you doing, man? Say, well, the Lord needs it. You know, I, that's great. I, I'd like to acquire a Mercedes or two that way. I uh, just say, oh, hey, that's a really nice Mercedes. Well, the Lord needs that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and they just let him have it. I mean, they let him have it. It required a sense of surrender and sacrifice. And if we are going to encounter Jesus in this situation, if we're going to experience the fullness of Jesus' presence right now in our situation, it is going to require that we surrender ourselves to Jesus and that we are willing to sacrifice for Jesus. And when we sacrifice for Jesus, it's always for the benefit of others. So whenever Jesus comes, it requires surrender and sacrifice. And Jesus has come into our situation and it requires surrender and sacrifice. A third thing we notice about Jesus' coming on that day, Jesus comes in humility. When he came into Jerusalem, he comes riding on a donkey, uh, and that was a well-known prophecy from the Old Testament that, that uh, Matthew quotes. A well-known prophecy about the humility of a king. You know, he didn't come in a tank. He didn't come in, in Air Force One. Uh, he didn't even come riding on a white horse at that stage. He comes on a beast of burden, which is a very humble way to come. And in, in this situation right now, Jesus has come very humbly. We don't always see where he's at. We don't always perceive him, but we need to look for him. Because he comes in humility. He comes as one of us. He comes to stand beside us as human beings, knowing what we're going through as human beings because he's gone through it himself. He comes in humility so he can come along and walk with us. And so uh, a lot of things that I heard early on was very, uh, let's say, very heroic. You know, a lot of people say, well, we're going to beat back this virus. We can, we can conquer this. It's going to be over in a week. God's going to take it away. We're going to rebuke it, and, and it's going to leave our, our world. And, you know, all kinds of language like that that just hasn't materialized, and it's not going to materialize. And the danger is that we can set false expectations and false hopes not based in reality, not based in the promises of God that ultimately lead to people's disillusionment and disappointment and does not lead to people responding to Jesus in faith. And so we need to have confidence ourselves that Jesus is walking with us in faith. We need to have confidence ourselves, Jesus here right now, uh, but we also need to have confidence that Jesus is going to be with other people, but that doesn't mean that everything is going to be flashy and that things are going to be over instantly. Because Jesus often works contrary to our desires and expectations. He certainly did on that Palm Sunday. He certainly did that whole uh, Holy Week leading up to the, the crucifixion. He acted in ways completely contrary to the expectations of his disciples, let alone everybody else 
and so we need to understand that Jesus comes in humble ways. We also need to see that Jesus comes with the initial enthusiasm of people. This goes back to what I was saying just a minute ago. You know, a lot of times we say, yeah, Jesus is here. Jesus is moving, and he is. He is. But we can expect great things. We can expect things that haven't been promised that don't happen, and then we can lose our enthusiasm. Right now, what we need to do as God's people is quietly and confidently and faith-filledly, that's a new word that I invented, we need to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit, go about our business, and seek to bless as many people as we possibly can in this time. The enthusiasm will fade away, but a confident faith will endure, and that's what we need. Uh, we don't need to, have to be those enthusiastic people that greeted Jesus on Good Friday because, as I told the kids, those enthusiastic people were some of the very same people that just a few days later said, Crucify him! and led to his crucifixion. Number five, we need to see how Jesus came on that day. Jesus comes without negating suffering, difficulty, and the need for endurance. A lot of people, when Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they expected that he was coming as the conquering Messiah. They expected that he would come in, that he would kick the Romans out in just a few days, there'd be a big battle, and he would be the king. He would be established as the king. That's not the way he came. He came into Jerusalem with the intention that he was going to suffer and die. He came into Jerusalem, and he didn't negate the importance of suffering and difficulty and endurance. He affirmed the importance of suffering, difficulty, and endurance. And that's what we're going through now. Oh, in various ways, we're going through difficulty. We're going through suffering. And we need endurance. We need endurance. We need that to keep going, just as Jesus kept going until the point that he fulfilled his mission. And finally, in Jesus' coming... Jesus comes, and in his coming, he bears our sin, brokenness, iniquity, and sickness in the cross. Jesus came not to instantly remove all those things, but he came with the intention that as the Son of God, as well as the Son of Man, he would suffer and die on the cross in our place, for our sin, for our iniquity, for our brokenness, for our sickness. As Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, by his wounds we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Jesus comes to go to the cross, and in the cross he makes the way for our healing. He makes the way for our forgiveness. He makes the way for our brokenness to be restored. He makes the way for our iniquity 
which is the way that we mess up our lives so much, for our iniquity to be atoned for, he makes a way in his cross for us to experience his healing power. Either in, uh, in, this, in this world uh, or in the next. And so Jesus has come. He's come into this situation. He's come into this pandemic. And he is here with us. And he is walking with us. And Jesus is not going to leave us or forsake us as we go through this season. So as we go through this time, we need to live our lives in faith focusing on Jesus. We need to live our lives in faith looking for the good news stories that we're starting to hear. I heard read a story just this past week of a, a pastor who was deathly ill with, with uh, COVID-19. They thought he might die, but he was restored, and he felt like the Lord spoke to him and encouraged him through his ordeal, and he was sharing that. And many others have come through on the other side, have experienced healing in the name of Jesus, and they're giving credit and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. God is opening up opportunities for us, and in order to take advantage of those, we need to keep our focus on Jesus, not on this virus, not on this pandemic, not on our struggles. We need to keep our focus on Jesus, and he will bring us through. We'll talk more about that on next Sunday, my favorite Sunday of the year. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you love us, that you're here with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. We exalt you.